can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Joe, you have a dog, right? Yes. Yes. So I had a question about, because I don't have a dog and something happened this week Mm. and I wanted to ask whether or not this is standard dog park etiquette because I was absolutely horrified and Uh this person was such an a-hole. Anyway, so I'm sitting in the park on the phone and I'm eating my lunch. So I sort of had my sandwich in a box and I was just like resting it on my knee and I was like, you know, about to grab my sandwich to take a bite. Are you on the ground or are you on a chair? I'm on a chair. Okay. Yeah. Not on the ground. Yep. A dog, a massive dog runs, like sprints towards me and tries to grab my sandwich (sighs) and eat it. And I was like, stop! (laughs) The dog's owner yelled at me. Wait, they yelled at you? This is in like near the city. This is a park that everyone goes and eats lunch from all the offices. Like it is standard lunchtime office staff kind of park. Yeah. He yelled at me, this park is an off-the-leash park, as if it's my fault. Like he actually said, like it's my fault that I'm eating lunch on a park bench, like I'm in the wrong here. So then yeah. I was on the phone and I said it really loud because I wanted him to know, but I was like, you have no idea what just happened. But anyway, as I'm on the phone and he's getting angry at me, his dog then runs to the people on the next park bench and starts trying to eat their lunch. Oh, my God. And I'm just watching this all unfold and I'm like, he's actually making it like it's our fault that we're eating lunch. Yeah. And then he finally put his dog on the leash, like get it together. If you're taking your dog to an off-lead dog park, it needs to have recall. You need to be able to call it back to you. Like that doesn't excuse poor behavior of your dog because it's an off-lead dog park. It doesn't mean that it can just go and maul people. No, it was like he owned the park and his dog was the king of the park (laughs) and could do whatever he bloody well wanted. And I was furious. Including eating your sandwich. (laughs) And you know me, I was on the phone and he could hear me. I was like, this guy has just made it like it's my fault that he's – so I was like, real, like you know, as if yeah. like, what is going I can imagine. on? <laughs> anyway, he skulked away with his tail between his legs, the dog and the owner. <laughs> yeah. Did the other people in the next bench yell as well? We all – because they had heard him yell at me, so we were all just like, excuse me, like your dog is a menace in this park, trying to eat everyone's lunch. Yeah. We're sitting on benches at lunchtime. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, so I wanted to know, was that normal behaviour? Because I'd never heard someone say that as an excuse. I would be mortified if I – even if it was an off-lead dog park. There is an off-lead dog park near my house. If my dog ran over 
to someone and ate their lunch <laughs> and they were sitting on a park bench, I'd be mortified if he didn't come back to me when I called him, but he would come back. This guy was not mortified. I would call him an entitled dog owner. So what a gaslighter! Oh, oh, what? On you. He's just turned it around. On okay, you. I never know. I think the word gaslighting is overused, but in this case, one hundred percent gaslighting me. I fully agree with that. <laughs> okay. All right, what's on today's episode, Hannah? It's my last episode co-hosting oh with you. Oh my god! Well, on the cringy, we're talking about the surprising foods and drinks that are ruining your teeth. Then we're chatting about antioxidants with Dr. Ryan DeCruz and, of course, the products we didn't know we needed. For our cringy today, we're talking about surprising foods and drinks that are ruining your teeth. We have a dentist that we've had a few times. I feel like you're now a regular. Dr. Madeline Duff joins us again. Hi, guys. How are you going? Thank you for coming on today. We appreciate your time. Can we start with the surprising foods and drinks? Because... I feel like we know the obvious ones like coffee, tea, probably soft drinks, but are there foods that people just don't realize are impacting their dental health? Yeah. And this is a question that I love because everybody, when you think of foods that are bad for your teeth, you think, oh, I don't have any soft drinks or I don't Mm. eat lollies very regularly, but there's actually lots of things that are surprisingly not so good for your teeth. One of the things that I think is interesting is that lemon juice and water for a while there was a really big fad, good for digestion, good source of vitamin C, but lemons themselves are actually really acidic. So if you're Mm. drinking lemon juice and water and you have it at your desk and you're sitting on drinking on that all afternoon you're actually soaking your teeth in acidic juice all afternoon Mm. so that's one of the ones that's not good for not only decay but also enamel erosion so wearing away your enamel making the teeth more sensitive making the teeth more yellow and then at higher risk of decay so Mm. citrus yeah citrus foods oranges lemons grapefruit so have some water with it instead if you had lemon water and you just drank the whole thing in the morning and then you brushed your teeth Like if that's the first thing you do in the morning, is that okay? It's just when you're sitting on it and sipping it for ages and it's sitting on the teeth. Exactly. So the way that decay and erosion works is that the longer your mouth is exposed to sugars and acids, the more likely the decay and erosion is. So if you have something like, for instance, if I'm having chocolate, I will just have it all at once rather than sitting and snacking on it over the course of an evening. So you can still do it and it's by no means avoid these things. It's just everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Is there any other foods that pop into mind? Definitely. So another one that we think is a healthy snack as well, and it is a healthy snack, dried fruits. They're a really good source mm-hmm. of fiber. They're yummy, but they're really concentrated in sugar and they're super sticky. Mm. So dried fruits can get stuck in between your teeth and then cause decay. Mm. And this is a big one that I chat to mums about as well, because it's a really nice, easy, healthy snack. But because it's so sticky and sugary, it gets caught in between the teeth and can cause decay so to break it up if you're having sticky you know dried fruits have it with nuts or have it with water so you're kind of like buffering Mm. the sugar Mm -hmm. okay good tip yes and then my other one which we all love red wine and actually white wine too so red wine it's got its antioxidants it's good for you but it's actually quite sugary and quite acidic as well Mm. so if you're sitting of an evening drinking glass of wine over dinner you're again exposing your teeth to those acidic substances for a period of a few hours so having water on the side or sparkling water if you're at a fancy place is really 
really mm. good just to help buffer that out. Well, everyone's probably seeing the red wine mouth you get where you yeah. get like the <laughs> discoloured teeth. <laughs> and because the red wine, it, because it is quite acidic, it stains your teeth even more as yeah. well. So yeah, that's why you see that too. And look, the staining, you probably notice that it tends to, if you brush your teeth afterwards, it yep. goes away. But time and time again, that slowly will then start to more permanently stain the teeth. Mm-hmm. Can I ask about soda water? Yeah, yeah. This is people ask me about this all the time. Soda water, especially if you're doing it with like soda stream at home, you're using mm-hmm. tap water. Our tap water has fluoride in it, which is really good for our teeth. So if you're choosing between having water and soda water, soda water is slightly more acidic if you're looking at the pH level. So technically it's slightly worse for your teeth than normal water. But if you're choosing to drink soda water over having soft drink or having lemon juice and water, soda water every time. And if it's keeping Mm -hmm. you hydrated as well, go soda water. It's still good Mm -hmm. for you. Right. Okay. Tick. Thank you. (laughs) So how do certain foods or drinks contribute to tooth decay and enamel erosion? Yeah. So like I was talking about before, in terms of the science of it, tooth decay and erosion of our teeth, they're both caused by acid. So when we have something sugary in our mouth, the plaque and the bacteria in the plaque break down the sugars into acids. And then the acids break down the enamel and cause a cavity or a hole in the tooth. So it all comes back to the sugars and the acids, which is why I'm harping on about (laughs) these acidic foods. But so to get holes in our teeth, we have to have plaque on our teeth and we have to have sugars and acids in our diet, which is why we're always going on about making sure that you're brushing really well to get rid of the plaque in the first place. But then the other way to reduce our decay risk or eroding away our teeth is to be mindful of the sugary things in our diet. So I always say to people, you know, there's certain ways that you can obviously still enjoy the sugary things and everything, you know, there's sugar or acidity, even if you're having a salad and it's got a slightly acidic dressing over the top of it. I mean, you can't get rid of all acids and sugars and nor would we want to. Mm -hmm. There's things that you can do that make Mm -hmm. the risk less. Are you like me with sunscreen when you're eating certain foods? You're like, oh my God, I have to go (laughs) brush my teeth. Whereas like if I'm not in the shade, I'm like, oh my God, I have to go and apply sunscreen. (laughs) Do you know, it's funny. I think like I was saying before, my mindset is okay, well, I'm not going to stop eating chocolate or I sometimes do just crave a can of Coke, but I'll be like, I'm going to have it with my dinner. (laughs) So I buffer the acid out. (laughs) Now, how does the timing of eating certain foods and drinks impact our teeth? Like, is it a no-go completely to have like acidic or sugary stuff late at night? So the timing, I mean, not necessarily times of the day, so to speak, but it more Mm. comes down to the frequency. So snacking is one of the things that can be a bigger decay or erosion risk because the frequency. So if you're sitting and snacking, snacking, snacking throughout the day, your mouth has a resting kind of balanced pH level and our saliva is really good at keeping everything in a nice harmonious balance. And then every time we eat something, the pH and our mouth either rises or falls. And when it falls into that kind of quite acidic zone, that becomes like the decay zone. And then our acids, you know, can start to break things down, but then your saliva comes in and then buffers everything back up again. So there's kind of this balance between the saliva and then what we're eating. So when you are snacking, if you are going to be having a snack, as I was saying, just limit the number of times that you snack Or if you're having a snack afterwards, making sure you're rinsing with some water to help buffer or even sugar-free gum 
is good because when you're chewing, that promotes your saliva flow and then it gets rid of the food that might be stuck in the teeth as well. And so that's a really good thing to do to reduce your decay risk. But yes, it's not necessarily avoiding things late at night or first thing in the morning. It's just the timing and the Mm -hmm. interval between it. And do those sugary and acidic foods, you said how the saliva kind of balances out the pH of the mouth, can Mm. they also cause bad breath because they change the pH? The pH. So one of the things that the bacteria in our plaque thrive on is sugars. And so if in a combination of if you're not brushing really well or flossing really well, when you've got the sugars in your mouth, you're kind of feeding the bacteria. And so then you're more likely to have more bacteria growing in your mouth and then you're more likely to get that bad breath. But I would just say that, you know, if you're having sugary things, but you're brushing really well and flossing and you're limiting your snacking, you're fine. You're good. But the acidity thing for sure, in terms of if we have lots of astringent things in our diet, or if you just naturally have quite low saliva flow and you're missing that kind of buffering nature, your mouth struggles to cleanse and kind of Mm -hmm. clean everything out. And then if you have a dry mouth, you can definitely be more prone to bad breath as well. And are there any strategies we can use to protect our teeth from damage caused by what we eat? Yeah, for sure. So like I was saying before, strategy number one, if you're having something acidic or sugary, have it with your food. That's a really good one. And that'll buffer everything out. Then of course, another strategy is that you can eat foods that are actually really good for your teeth. So things like yogurt and cheese, they've got calcium in them, which our teeth love. So mixing up your snacks and including some of those things like a yogurt instead of reaching for a piece of acidic fruit. And then another strategy, as I was saying before, is just making sure that your saliva flow is really good. So staying hydrated, chewing sugar-free gum and just avoiding, you know, astringent, drying kind of mouthwashes and things like that so that you've just got, yeah, really good saliva flow to buffer everything out. I think I'm going to start that rinsing with water technique. It's a good one. Yeah. It is a really good one. Yeah. I feel like that would help with the staining from like tea and coffee and stuff too. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And because I always think that if you've had something that's quite staining and then you just leave it on your teeth, it's got a longer amount of time to soak in and cause the permanent stains. So just swishing with a bit of water and especially if it's tap water and it's got its nice fluoride in it, that's even better. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that knowledge with us today, Maddie. Appreciate it. No worries at all. I love talking about buffering acids. (laughs) Today we have Dr. Ryan DeCruz joining us from Southern Dermatology to talk about antioxidants. Hannah, I don't know if we've ever discussed this topic in full detail. We've definitely skimmed across it or like focused on certain ingredients that are antioxidants. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Ryan. Thanks for having me. We thought you would be well equipped to discuss this topic. So Let's start with what are antioxidants and how do they work in the context of skincare? Yeah, I feel like in the dermatology sphere and certainly in skincare in general, antioxidants has become a really big buzzword. Mm. Over the last three years, we've seen a huge surge in the number of skincare ranges that contain them and yeah, products that are promoted as being antioxidant, but not many people know actually what they are. So it's really good to discuss it and get some facts out there. So at its very basic, it all comes down to chemistry. Um, so I don't know if you remember your, your year nine or 10 chemistry lessons, but antioxidants are compounds that actually absorb and soak up these potentially dangerous molecules known as free radicals. And it's all to prevent this chemical reaction that occurs with oxygen 
not only oxygen that's in the air, but oxygen that's in the skin, when it's actually degraded or adversely affected by a number of different uh, aggressors, including UV radiation, tobacco smoke, pollution in the air, and inflammation, oxygen is actually converted into these products known as free radicals that then cause cellular damage. So antioxidants are all about being our break or handbrake or protector against these dangerous chemicals. That's a great explanation. Very clear. Yeah. So antioxidants have been, you know, well described in food. And I think we all know all the the healthy foods in our diet that contain antioxidants. So the obvious ones are good fresh fruit and vegetables, those that are really high in vitamin C, vitamin E, leukopene, and all of these other wonderful ingredients that we consume. But we're now finding that uh, we're using them more and more in skincare to prevent these oxidative stress on the skin. And in doing so, we can reverse the signs of aging, prevent pigmentation, and also reduce inflammation. Mm -hmm. And how do free radicals contribute to skin aging and damage? Yeah, so these free radicals are highly active molecules that can directly cause DNA damage. So DNA damage is at the center of sort of all organic material. And when it's damaged, for obvious reasons, you're going to get cellular destruction, cellular death, and you're also going to cause inflammation. And then inflammation creates more free radicals, and that then creates this vicious cycle of breaking down cells and actually causing a whole lot of inflammation in the skin that then results in all the damage that we don't want. Mm -hmm. Inflammaging, some might say. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Now, antioxidants are often recommended for use in the morning. Why is that? That's because the majority of what antioxidants are trying to prevent will happen during the day. So we're trying to prevent UV radiation as one or UV radiation induced damage, I should say, which is obviously will occur during the day rather than at night. And so we're also going to be exposed to environmental stressors and pollution that we want to protect our skin against. So it makes a lot of sense to use them in the morning. There are some that we can use at night. So retinols, for example, we tend to use at night because they can actually be photo unstable. So you're going to get more bang for your back by using that at night. But the classic antioxidants that we use, including vitamin C, vitamin E, and all the others are much better and are going to serve a much more significant role when you use them throughout the day to prevent against that damage. And so how important is cleansing then at the end of the day? When it comes to free radicals? Yeah, good question. So a good cleanse means that you're going to at least remove a lot of the the pollutants that will just sit on the skin, the Mm. allergens, the bacteria and the viruses that can also contribute to inflammation and free radical damage. So yeah, a good cleanse at night is probably what I, I recommend. And I actually, you know, contrary to what a lot of people do, which is thinking that they need to cleanse twice a day, I don't necessarily recommend it for use in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, if you like to, if you want to, to freshen up in the morning and, you know, to help you wake up, go ahead. But it's not as critical, in my opinion, as doing it at night. That's interesting. I actually like the feeling of my skin in the morning. So that's good to know. So I don't have to cleanse in the morning. No, it's a bit of a, a skincare myth that you have to cleanse twice a day. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's no real scientific reason why that's true. And even cleansing at night, I think it's a good idea. But, you know, if you decide that you only want to cleanse in the morning and not do it at night because that suits your skincare routine, that's okay too. It's just not a, it's not a big deal. But what about makeup? That's right. So I think yep. the people who wear the makeup at night, you definitely want to remove yep. that even with something like a micellar water. So you don't necessarily need to use a surfactant or a cleanser per se. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's finding what works for you in your routine and not having to be mm-hmm. beholden to these very strict rules. Would you be able to give us an overview of like your favorite antioxidants 
that someone might want to include in their skincare routine and why do you recommend them? Yep, absolutely. So I think the one that everyone knows about and talks about and has probably the most amount of research is vitamin C mm-hmm. or L-ascorbic acid. And this is probably the best known because its antioxidant properties were actually discovered many, many years ago. And I think we all know the classic example of the apple that if we, you know, squeeze a bit of lemon juice or lime juice on it, which contains a lot of uh, L-ascorbic acid, you'll actually prevent or slow down browning. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. browning is the perfect kind of um, everyday or day-to-day example of oxidation uh, happening in front of your eyes. So L-ascorbic acid in the percentages of 10 to 15% has been the best studied and it's got the most scientific literature to help as an antioxidant to mop up free radicals. It's one of those very potent scavengers. And using it in the morning means that you're going to just confer a whole lot of really good, powerful anti-aging properties to your skin, including slight improvement in fine lines and wrinkling and certainly prevention against UV radiation, which then cause the fine lines and wrinkling and pigmentation. So getting a a greater, a better skin tone and lightening and brightening. So I I do love a good vitamin C. As many of you listening would know, vitamin C is highly unstable. And so it can't actually exist by itself in a formulation. It needs to be anchored with other ingredients that will help keep the stability, which means that it doesn't actually itself degrade. And the two best anchors that are known that are often used with vitamin C include vitamin E and ferulic acid. So you'll often find them in some sort of a combination together. Now you don't have to use them in combination, but it just speaks to the potency of the formulation if you do have those other ingredients with them. Mm. Niacinamide is one of the other, um, again, uh, ingredients that we're seeing used more and more and, again, is gaining a lot of traction in the medical research because it's a powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory agent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we generally recommend this in the concentration of about 10%. So I love a good niacinamide serum. I will use my vitamin C serum in the morning and a, a niacinamide at night. That's how I do it. I do split those two ingredients just after a good cleanse and I'll put some niacinamide and moisturize. So certainly people who suffer from inflammatory skin conditions, acne, rosacea, pigmentation, or simply just want it for anti-aging. Niacinamide works really well as a great anti-inflammatory and antioxidant. So they're sort of my top ones, but the list goes on. There's there's Veritrol and vitamin E, which I sort of briefly mentioned earlier, but they're some of the most important ones, I think, in skincare. Mm -hmm. And if something's marketed as like a general antioxidant serum and not as a vitamin C, would you say they're still as beneficial as getting a standalone like L-ascorbic acid focused serum? That's a really good question. And I think it's difficult to know mm. the concentrations and the pH and the formulation. It's hard to believe that you're going to get this all in one with all the different antioxidants that don't interact with one another, mm. don't reduce the efficacy of each other. So I'm a little more skeptical as to how potent that's going to be. It's certainly going to do something. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't discount its credibility completely, but I don't think it will, it, it can do as much as when you're having the percentages of the sort of the vitamin C's that I mentioned or the niacinamides. Totally. Mm. Well, thank you for all that info. That was really helpful. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Dr. Ryan. No problems. I hope that that helped clear things up. There's a whole lot of chemistry in there, so it's hard to distill it down and make it very, you know, bite-sized. No, you kept it very user-friendly. Good. (laughs) I liked the apple example. That was it for me. Yeah. I get it. I get it now. And it, it, it's the best example when you're trying to explain how it works for pigmentation as well, because that, that is yes. exactly what you're doing. You're preventing that browning of the skin, just like you're preventing the browning of an apple. Mm-hmm. Great explanation. Thanks, Ryan. Awesome. Thanks, guys. 
product we didn't know we needed. Hannah, do you want to kick us off? So it's gifting season at Adora and every other retailer in Australia. Jeez, I feel like it's getting it earlier does. and earlier every year. Like it's October. What is happening? Yeah, I know. It does. But if you're in the behind the scenes of gifting at a retailer, yeah. it's such an interesting time to be alive. Christmas loses its magic. One hundred percent. Like I swear, it's the busiest time of year. It's so crazy, but yeah. fun for everyone else that's playing along. So I have chosen a gift set and I probably will choose gift sets for gifting because I think they're such good value and also like just for yourself as well. But I've actually Mm -hmm. chosen a gift that would be great for like anyone in your life that you want to like spend a bit more on. So (laughs) have you tried the two-in-one hot air styler gift set, the hot air styler two-in-one? I have tried it, yeah. What's it like? It's very interesting. I tried it on my mum's hair. Yes. And it does work. Like it genuinely does dry your hair and then you switch to like the straightening setting. So there's like the drying setting and then you turn the plates on to go over it to like give it that sleek finish. Oh my God, I love that. Okay, there's one. But the one that I actually love, and this is for my fellow thick, curly or frizzy or just like long hair is the GHD Max Wide Plate Hair Straightener Gift Set. So it's valued at $444. It's $365 and most of their gift sets do have a discounted value. And I just think I will not use any other straightener. That is the only straightener I will use because I have to do less passes because it's nice Mm -hmm. and wide. Like I only have to do one or two passes. If I use a regular straightener, you're looking at like four. I actually found my wide GHD from when I was like 16. I had got the wide one for my birthday. Yeah. Because I had really long hair and so I wanted the wide one. I found it the other day. I was going through some boxes at my parents' house. Yeah. And I don't know why I'd left it there because I, I never really straightened my hair anymore because it's so straight naturally. So I found my GHD wide plate style and it still turns on, even though I haven't used it in probably like 15 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So, <laughs> does it probably isn't as good as? I'm the, sure they've updated their technology. Yeah, it's probably old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely an old school one. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that they have, they've got like different colors. So they've got sun kissed desert. I don't know if that's the color, but they've got some really nice colors. And I'm sh- mm. assuming these are limited edition. And they've also got this alluring jade color, which is really really nice. So. Yeah, that's my product I didn't know I needed. There are so many gift sets coming in. Now. Oh, my God. Like I know. If you look at the gifting, it just every week I go on, I'm like, oh, there's so much more stuff. There's a lot yep. of good gift sets this year. Yeah. My product I didn't know I needed, my last one as wow. an official host of this podcast, is the Laneige Waterbank Blue HA Cream Moisturizer. Have you tried this moisturizer before? I'm pretty sure Megan, when you were away, may have done this one. I can't oh, quite remember. Maybe not. Maybe not. But anyway, continue. I haven't tried it. So this moisturizer is the cream version. They also have a gel version, which is really good for oily skin. Mm-hmm. So if you have oily skin and you want to try that, I do recommend. This one is the cream version. It contains blue hyaluronic acid, which is meant to be like a step up from regular hyaluronic acid, as in like it penetrates the skin deeper. And it's got beta-glucan in it as well, which is a powerful antioxidant. It's really good for hydrating the skin. I'd say probably combination to dry skin. 
would be suitable for this. For me, it works quite well because I'd say I'm like mm, combo to normal now. Mm-hmm. I was oily for a little while, but things have balanced out a little bit more. And it just has a really nice texture. Like it's so velvety and it just like melts into your skin. It's really nice. And I've worn makeup over it and it looks really good under makeup too. Oh, sad. The last PWDKWN. I, I can't. know. My PWDKWN should have been this podcast because I didn't know when we started this podcast that we were going to need it. <laughs> we did. Oh, I can't believe that we came up with the most stupid acronym in the world. I know. And it's stuck for four years. <laughs> it's really stuck. You're going to have to carry it over to the next person. <laughs> yeah, PWDKWN. It's funny that I just know it so well. Yes, yeah, because it's quite a tongue twister. So, Joe, before you, I mean, hopefully you'll be back here and there, yeah. but yeah, yeah. what was your, like, I don't know if you'll be able to choose this, what was your, like, number one favourite segment that we ever did? <sighs> there has to be, like, one that you just loved. I'm going to go... Like, remember back in the day when we used to go into that little pokey studio? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to be really fun, those episodes. Okay, the first ones that popped into my head was when we had our noses waxed. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, That agree. was really funny. That we were really funny. losing it. I also really liked when we interviewed Daniel Isaacs from Medicate the first time because it was like our second time recording and we just had no idea what we were doing. We went rogue on that interview. We really did. But we went rogue for ages. We didn't even, guys, we didn't have recording notes. Yeah. Like we just wouldn't have questions prepared and we'd just go in like yeah. raw and <laughs> raw dog. Not yeah. prepare anything. We would just go in and assume that it was going to be fine. And it always, and it always was. was. Like we were not planned. So those very early episodes, we were just mm-hmm. really winging it. Then some other ones that were just so funny, like any time we spoke to Luke Cook. Oh, my God, yes. I oh. just would always leave us because he would stay <laughs> – He'd stay on the call with us. Like you guys would hear the, the interview, but then he'd stay on the call with us for like half an hour afterwards just talking. It was just so much fun. And he was like so like famous and we would just yeah. end up staying on the phone with him for like 30 yeah. minutes chatting about it. He was – and he just like – it would be like the not suitable for work version after the also yes. not suitable for work version. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was just so much fun and I always walked away from those interviews feeling really happy because I'd just been like laughing the whole time. So funny. And then the other one I really enjoyed. Chris Appleton? Yes, Chris Appleton, definitely a highlight. And also the Inspired Unemployed. That was really fun when we spoke to them as well. For those that didn't know, on that Chris Appleton episode, we actually, we didn't know how to like bring someone internationally into a call. We were such novices that we were like, how are we going to get him? So we ended up, he called in. Yeah. And we somehow made it work. It actually ended up sounding all right. Yeah. The early days of getting people internationally was so challenging because we were just trying to work. We We were in lockdown, so we couldn't go into a studio or something and do it. So we were trying to figure out how to do it on our own without someone completely stuffing up their audio on their end. So it was quite a few things to organize. Oh, and I can't forget Caroline Hirons as well. Yes, that I was spoke amazing. to her a couple of times, and she's like my skincare idol. So it's was such a pleasure for me to chat to her. 
Nikki Makeup was another big one for me because I love Nikki Makeup. Yep. And I'd followed her for years, so, like, getting to chat to her was super mm-hmm. fun. All these people just popping into my mind. I've usually got the worst memory ever. The one thing that we never achieved, though, was we wanted J-Lo on the podcast, but we got close enough Yeah, because Chris Appleton had just done J-Lo's hair at the Super Bowl, so that was kind of our – And we got J-Lo's nail artist as yes, well. Yes, we did. We did. Oh, and makeup yeah. artist? No. Oh, oh. I thought we did. I don't think so. I'm okay. sure one of the makeup artists we've spoken to has done her makeup before, but not her regular one. I think Scott Barnes might be her yeah. regular makeup artist. But yeah, we've had some had some fun times and we have delved into some very interesting topics that I never thought I'd be talking about <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> but here we are. Oh uh, well, Joe, it's not goodbye. It's like It's just See you later. See you later. See ya. It's just see ya. She'll be back. I'll definitely be floating around. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to completely disappear off the face of the earth. So don't worry. I'll still be creating skincare content. So you won't miss me too much, I'm sure. But we I know will. that you'll do a great job, Hannah. I'm leaving it in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I think we'll just, I've got to try and stay on topic, you know. I, I, Yeah, like Matthew and I were really, we went a bit off topic. I did hear about that. (laughs) (laughs) It was fed back to me. (laughs) From who? (laughs) Kiara. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People bitching about us. No, just that episodes (laughs) had to be vastly cut down. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. We struggled a bit with the timing. Yeah. But yeah, well, Joe, we'll miss you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So thanks for having me for the last four years and. I'll see you guys soon, I'm sure. Last see ya. Go on. See ya. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.